Has anyone ever told you to mind your own business because they thought you were intruding in their personal affairs a little too much? Well, it is time to mind our own business right now. And by that, I mean we need to take care of business, our business, our life path. Focus on us for a change. We've worked so hard on everybody else. Now we need to turn that around and focus on us. It's time to take care of business, to get ourselves back on track, to remember our path, our joy, and to start focusing on ourselves. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul-congruent, mind-expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. It's so easy to get lost in the chaos of what's going on in the world today. With so much fear and uncertainty swirling around, we're uncomfortable and we're scared too. Our first response to that fear is to want to fix it, remove it, take care of the people who are causing it or feeding it, to make it go away, to fight it, to shine more light on it, or to hide somewhere and hope that it all goes away. If we did our work so well, then why is Ascension such a mess? Well, we did our work well, and our job was to create the energy foundation that allowed the groundswell of awakening to happen. And all we have to do now is to take care of our own business, which is not changing the world or the people in it. It's taking care of ourselves, our life path, and our soul mission. You've heard me say this so many times before. While it is a great and noble thing to want to help others, it's not something that we can or should do without using a great deal of discernment and self-restraint. Our desire to help others has two purposes. We're trying to heal ourselves through them, or we're trying to overcome some kind of karmic fear of being targeted by them or people who fit their energy profile. Either way, it takes us off our path and onto a path that we can't control. We have no control over what someone else does, even though it's our great desire to get them to see our light, to see their path our way, or so that our work is done and we can move on. But our work is not done when we manage to turn someone towards the light because that was never our work at all. Think of the lifetimes of karma we could have avoided if we knew that we were never supposed to change someone else or be their source of light. All we were supposed to do is give them a choice for the light and then accept their decision. Even the people who hurt, used, and abused us were given a choice by our presence in their life. They too were given a choice for the light and they rejected it. The greatest gift we can give them is to accept their choice. 
the greatest gift we can give ourselves is to move on and find our own joy and take care of our own business. But we think we are committed to do the business of Source, and we are, just not the way we think it has to be. Our commitment to Source and to making it our business to heal the world is grounded in several things. And you're probably familiar with at least, I want to say, two or three of these. And some of you are going to be familiar with all five. First of all, we don't want to fail at our light work. We have such a strong definition and a very narrow definition of what it means to do light work, to be a source of light for others, for the world, for the people around us, for our families, our friends, for people in need. We have this really well-defined way that we think we're supposed to do this work. The problem is it involves far more of our direct participation than is actually required of us. So our job is not to be the light and to bring this light to the world and to make sure that they integrate it, align with it, and acknowledge it. It's just to shine the light. Number two, we think we have failed in our mission and we have failed God or failed source. Now, this is probably the one that I see being the most destructive and certainly the most prevalent and the one that causes us to push forward irrespective of the signs along the way that say stop, turn around and go the other direction. So our belief that we have failed source and is ignited when we look around us and we see all these people who are still sitting in the dark and we believe that they're sitting in the dark because it's our job to show them the light and we rush over there and we try and show them the light but not necessarily because we think they should be in the light but because we think it's our job to bring everyone to the light when it's not. Remember, free will still exists. You can choose darkness if you want. And we can't assume that everyone who's sitting in the dark can't find the light switch. They're sitting in the dark because they choose to be there. So we have not failed in our mission. Being We look around and we see people who are still reveling in the darkness and seemingly enjoying it. We are doing our work, but it's not our job to make sure that everyone embraces the light and aligns with it and integrates it and becomes this light being. Number three, I know a lot of you are going to resonate with this one. We don't want a replay of Atlantis or Lemuria or Pangea, so we're going to work hard to make sure it doesn't happen. How many of you have this nagging fear in the back of your mind and you can't quite describe it, but if I mention Atlantis or Lemuria or Pangea or one of the other ascension attempts that didn't work out, something inside you just lights up and says, yes, that's because you're looking at this ascension cycle and going, this one is going to work no matter what because I don't want to come back. Every ascension process happens exactly the way that it can and that it, it is ordained to and that is, is supposed to and that reflects the overall energetic frequency of humanity at that time. When humanity raises its frequency enough, then there's another ascension. It doesn't mean it, it, that it doesn't work. It just means that it's progressing in a way that things progress. Somehow we have it in our head that there should be this massive leap in consciousness from not knowing anything to all of a sudden we're ascended masters. What happened to all the steps in between? 
it's like a baby isn't born and then all of a sudden gets up and starts walking. They have to go through the process of being able to hold their little heads up and then they have to be able to roll over and then sit up and then pull up and, and then they can crawl and, and then they take their first little toddly steps. It takes a while for a baby to learn how to walk. Some babies don't learn how to walk until they're you know well into 18 months or maybe close to two. But we seem to think that ascension bypasses all of those processes and it doesn't. So the idea that previous ascension cycles failed, they reflected the frequency and vibration of humanity at the time. And this time we get a new cycle and we get to do this all over again. Our fear that we don't want a replay of Atlantis, or Lemuria, or Pangea is kind of unfounded. The real fear is that we're going to have to come back and do this again. And for most of you who have that fear, this is probably your last rodeo here. You're probably not going to come back. There's a lot of things that are happening that are point to great success, even though it looks like there are a lot of things that are pointing to absolute and abject failure. Don't walk out of the theater before the last act. Number four, we believe that a single person has the authority and ability to take us off our ascension path and we're going to make sure that they don't do it. No single person has the ability or the authority to stop the ascension cycle. No single person has the authority or the ability to take you off of your path unless you get off of your path voluntarily and willingly in an effort to help them or heal them or fix them in some way. So the idea that one person, one more person has to be healed, one more person has to absorb the light, one more person has to get this done so that we don't all fall off the cliff. It's not true and it's not going to be helpful for you to continue down this path if you're ever going to get out of these ascension cycles where you're constantly pushing yourself and you're constantly looking around you and feeling like your work's not finished because oh there's another one and there's another one and there's another one. We have to look at, again, the overall frequency and vibration of humanity collectively and realize, hey, we are a lot closer to this, you know, to the success we want than we thought. Look at the amount of unity, remember, community, standing together, of holding the line, of being a, a voice, taking the risk to speak up and speak out. These are all people who are showing us that, hey, we are collectively, not necessarily our brother's keeper, but we are in this together. And if this is going to work for our benefit, we are going to have to be together. So humanity is working on its own ascension, which is an important part of the process and which has to happen. And that's proof that this is on the right track, but also it should ease your heart and make you less anxious to think that one person is going to make a difference. One person is not going to make a difference when there are millions of people who are on their own waking up and standing up and speaking out. And number five, we are re afraid of repeating karmic lessons. So we are going to make sure our soul group gets healed and stops this karma. And I laugh because uh, like many of you, I have one of those karmic families that has these strange relationships and it's never smooth. It's always chaotic. It's rather disturbing. And we deliberately chose the families we have because they were our strongest karmic partners, because this is the lifetime where we come to end karma. But we are so afraid of repeating these lessons, and we think the lesson is for them, 
that we are going to get them healed and whole and we are going to show them the error of their ways when the lesson is ours. And this kind of goes back to the previous point where I said one person does not have the ability or the authority to take us off our path. So if you don't get that one person to mend their ways or to embrace the light, it doesn't make any difference on your path. You don't get a demerit or a black's mark against your report card. It's just that person had a choice and they made their choice and we need to learn acceptance of other people's choices. So the idea that we're repeating karmic lessons, you know, as you've heard me say many times, your karma ends when you decide it does. So when you say, you know what, I'm done, that's when your karma ends. Now what the other people do is up to them. You only own 50% of the karma. Remember that you own 50% of the karma, not all of it. Only half of it's yours. So if you decide that you're no longer going to participate, that's fine. They'll find somebody else to take your place. So while all these things are such noble causes, they all reflect a belief that we have adopted, which has caused us immeasurable pain and drama and trauma and put us on a life path that has no fulfillment, no joy, and no satisfaction. We're always chasing after the next person to heal because there are so many, mainly because we're looking for them and we notice them, that we feel our work is never done. And it isn't simply because there will always be someone who needs healing, who has challenges, who triggers our karma button, and who we think is blocking the ascension pathway. But when we are so focused on someone else's path and what they're doing and worrying about what they might do next, it's like texting and driving. You're in the car, but no one's paying attention to the road because you're too busy looking at your phone, which by the way, I hope you don't do. You're on a path, but your attention is going in a different direction. And it gets worse. When we're focused on someone else's path, no one is on our path and our life is out of control. Fear is our driver as we try to avoid a terrible outcome that we believe is going to happen. While all this is going on, who is taking care of our business? Nobody. It would be much easier to take care of our business if we didn't have karma and soul groups and people in our lives to remind us of our previous failed missions and how we did not do what we came to do. And if that wasn't true, why did we choose such difficult, challenging people and relationships? And I just spoke about that a moment ago. We chose these difficult karmic partners because this is going to be our final showdown with them. But here's a little surprise. The lesson is also for us. As a reminder, we believe that it's our job to heal others. So we are fully committed to healing every single person who comes across our path. But the irony is that the lesson is not about them. It's for us. Our lesson with all these people, without exception, listen to that, without exception, is to remind us that taking care of business, of our business, is what we're here for. And when we meet up with one of our karmic partners and get reminded of the dreaded consequences of our failure to transform them in the past, our lesson is to acknowledge their choice, to accept their choice, and to walk away to forego the healing work with them and instead to work on ourselves. We are here to shine our light for everyone, not for a single group of people. We are here to be a resource for transformation, not the source of transformation for anyone. 
One of my first messages from my guide, Archangel Uriel, this is way back in 2003, was that our most difficult lesson was acceptance, to acknowledge everyone's choices without judgment and then to decide whether that was what we wanted in our life. Having no judgment is hard because we notice people who we think are on the wrong path, going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing, or making the wrong choices. And we're afraid that the actions of one are going to ruin ascension for everyone, like we believe they did in Atlantis, and we'll all suffer the consequences as we have in the past. And for those of you who are here to assist in this ascension cycle and on this ascension path, that means that you'll have to come back again and do this once more. To avoid that, you're going to be watching the potential troublemakers with an eagle eye and making sure they don't get out of line. Isn't that why you picked them to be your family so you could be as close as possible to them? Did you just have an aha moment? All kidding aside, this is exactly what we do. And instead, we need to take care of our own business to prevent our energy distractions from blinding us to what we will contribute to our own soul growth, to do our own healing, and to get out of our healing cycles so we can make the progress that we came here to make. We are here to make progress on our own life path. We are not here to take care of others, even if that's what we always do or did in the past. After lifetimes of trauma, it's time for some joy. After lifetimes of limiting our movements to manage everyone's energy and actions, it's time for some expansion. And after lifetimes of holding onto our karmic cycles one more time so they can see the light, it's time to let them go. As you learn to ignore others' needs, real and imagined, and take care of your own business, you'll find that it's much easier to consider what gives you joy, what fills you up, and what inspires you. And if you can't think of anything when someone asks you that question, it's because you've been ignoring your business and it's time for you to focus on you and let everyone else take care of their own business. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.